5: Hello and welcome to Triviality, the game where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. My name is Neil. I'm here with Jeff and Ken and Matt back from Puerto Rico. How are you, Matt? I'm
6: still back. Are you? I was back last week
5: when I was on the episode too. <laughs> well, no one knew that though. No one knows
6: where you're. That's true. Fun facts. Where in the world is Matt? I was in Puerto Rico.
5: And speaking of that, you can go on our Triviality shop and get that T-shirt so that you can uh, follow Matt's uh, one travels. Per-
6: one person purchased it recently. Shout out was to it that Jane? person. No, she does not wear anything with my face on it. I don't allow it. <laughs> It'd be weird.
5: How was Puerto Rico, Matt? Were you playing trivia every night on the beach?
6: That's what we did. We just went into a hotel room and played online trivia from our from our Airbnb. There you we, go. We get crazy. We didn't do that. Why would we do that? I try not to think. It's really easy not to when you have uh, fruity beverages in
5: coconuts. Hmm. Ken, how do you like beverages and coconuts? I've never had one, but
7: I'd like to someday.
5: I, I could see you drinking a, a nice coconut water. I like a coconut water. I haven't had it out of the coconut from thing. the source. Yeah. All right, Jeff. You probably had coconut from a from the source.
4: I think so. Okay. I thought How so. Has everybody
7: had this except for me.
4: I don't. I don't like distinctly remember it as like a life changing experience. But I. I probably have. I, I, I want have the
7: experience Japan? though.
5: Oh. Well, yeah. What's the What's the equivalent of drinking a coconut water from coconut in Japan? Is there like a Japanese delicacy that you only Na- can get natto
7: for breakfast every morning? What's natto? Uh fermented soybean mm. things. It's very uh it's very uh what what would you call it? Contentious.
4: I tried to uh eat the, the Kobe right off the cow, but that didn't go very well for me. <laughs> <laughs> Just biting a cow's ankles
7: until it screamed.
5: Uh well uh enough of that talk about Puerto Rico and cow's ankles, but uh we have a very special game I for it's you called today. Cankles. The, yeah, the cankles, the uh the, the cow ankles. The cow ankles, yeah. I was trying to think of a way to get moo in there, but I couldn't. Um, yeah, moving on. Yes. Thank you. Uh, Ooh, <laughs> on. well, maybe, uh, maybe our first guest who's going to be competing today has had uh, coconut water from a coconut because they're coming to us from the West coast, from California, Oakland five supporter on Patreon, which we appreciate Jen. How are you? Welcome back.
1: Thank you. Glad to be here. And yes, I have had coconut from the source. I ruined a kitchen knife trying to do it. But... <laughs> <laughs> and you didn't cut yourself or
5: anything, right? This was all safe. No,
1: okay. It was all safe.
5: Who knew Uh, that we talk about source coconuts (laughs) so much today? Uh, Well, uh, remind uh, folks at home a little bit about yourself before we uh, partner you up today.
1: Sure. Yeah, I was on a a previous episode probably like a year ago where I didn't do too well, but I'm hoping to do better today. My name's Jen. I'm from Orange County, California. I am a crime analyst for a local police department, and uh, I do lots of pub trivia at night, and yeah, just excited to be here.
5: Great. Uh, catching criminals during the day. Pub trivia at night. Sounds like a good life. Yeah. Uh, and who are you going to be partnering with today?
1: I'm going to be partnering with Jeff.
4: All right. And Jeff, do you have a team name? Yeah, I think uh, Jen has one inspired by her uh, her background. So uh, what are we going with today?
1: Yeah, I figured we could do like a little law enforcement kind of theme and be uh, give it a rest.
7: And arrest is A-R-R-E-S-T. Yes, yes, E-S-T. That's one word. Since... Me and Neil are going to be a team, and we're going to kick some butt today. We have the right to remain violent. Mm
1: -hmm. Ooh, I like that.
5: All right, right to remain violent and give it a rest. Uh, It sounds like we got two great team names, but we need a host in order to uh, start the proceedings. So um, we didn't know this before we started recording, but it's someone Matt knows very well uh, and plays trivia with, which is awesome. We'll let uh, him talk a little bit more about that. But coming to us uh, from Crofton, Maryland, Oakland 5 supporter on Patreon, Sean Miller. How are you, Sean?
2: Yeah, I'm doing great, guys. It's great to be on today.
5: Yeah, great to have you. Great to meet you. And uh, tell us a little bit about yourself.
2: Um, like you said, I'm in Crofton. It's kind of right in the middle between D.C. and Baltimore. Um, live here with my beautiful wife and our dog, Obi, who just turned two years old a couple weeks ago. Um, has
6: Obi stopped jumping up on everyone who enters the place? No. Obi makes no. sure
2: everybody gets a chance <laughs> to pet him because he only stands like 12 inches off the ground, so he has to jump up to get that <laughs> <laughs> Um but I'm a fisheries biologist here um, with the State Department of Natural Resources. Um, up until recently, I've helped monitor and manage the blue crab population in Chesapeake. So when you think Maryland, do you think crabs? That was me.
6: Oh, nice. And, um,
2: crab man. Crab man. <laughs> until recently, I just now transitioned <laughs> to oysters. So now I'm doing oyster lease farming. <laughs> <laughs> so boy, did,
6: did I diver, diversify your fields? <laughs> I got to get all the seafoods in. <laughs> from crab man to
5: oyster man. It sounds good. It sounds like a okay. sequel to From Justin to Kelly.
7: He, he was—he he went rogue in the crab, uh, so he got, you know, he,
4: you're on oyster duty now. <laughs> yeah. When you go rogue with the crab, do they put the bands on your hands? Yeah. <laughs> Turning your bands in
7: uh, cages.
2: Yeah hierarchy is oysters, and then if I keep messing up, I go down to seagrass. (laughs) Well, hopefully
7: that doesn't happen,
2: but uh, you
5: you put a game together for us today, which we appreciate. We're excited to play it. Um, We have both teams, uh, so let's get the rules and uh, see who's reading the rules. We'll, We'll make it a surprise today.
3: Triviality Podcast is two rounds of 20 questions worth 10 points apiece. At halftime, there's a special swing round by this week's host in the final round players wager points they've earned for a chance to become the cream of the crop i'm unjustifiably in a position that i would rather not be in but the cream the cream will rise all the way to the top surprise surprise <laughs> very surprise. whatever i chose
5: <laughs> whatever yeah whatever ken chose a dealer's choice We either did or didn't see that coming. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Um, Well, it looks like uh, we're ready to play. I'm going to partner with Ken here, as we said. And uh, Sean, feel free to take it away.
2: All right. Round one, question one. Your category name is Space Shuttle Program. The Space Shuttle Program operated manned space flights from 1981 to 2011. Over the course of its 30-year operational life, the program had five shuttles built that saw time and space. For 10 points, name three of these five shuttles. And I got a couple bonus opportunities for you. If you can name all five of the shuttles together, you get a bonus five points. And for your second super-duper bonus, if you can name the sixth shuttle that was built as a prototype and was used as an atmospheric flight test vehicle but never saw space-time.
7: All right, we have uh, five guesses here and uh, ready to give our answer. Not sure if we even have three.
1: Um, I'm hoping you love space shuttles. I, I,
4: I like them quite a bit. Uh, do you have any guesses?
1: I have guesses, but I'm not sure if they're real or just like car models. Oh, okay. Fire away. (laughs) I wrote down challenger, discovery, envoy, and expedition. Okay. Are those anywhere near what could be possibly correct?
4: You said challenger, you said discovery, right? Yeah. Okay. I know those two are correct. Uh, I don't believe the other two are. Uh, Envoy well, and
1: expedition. Those are just Fords. Those are vans. Envoy, <laughs>
4: yeah. <laughs> um, oh boy, yeah. Uh, I think GMC made the Envoy. Anyways, um oh. but in, Endeavor. I think might be the E you're looking for. Um, oh, okay, that sounds good. I remember Endeavor being one. Columbia um, was the one that um, blew up in two thousand four, five. Okay, and I'm trying to remember the fifth one. Um, has another like maritime-ish name? I want to say, um, yeah, I can't. Th- I can't think of a fifth one, but I- I'm comfortable knowing that we have at least three. So, um, okay. So we'll just go ahead and lock in. We'll we'll do uh, Challenger, Discovery, which we both had, and we'll do Columbia.
7: Okay. On uh, my paper, I have Columbia and Voyager, and on Neil's paper, he has. I wrote uh, Discovery, Atlantis, and Challenger.
2: All right. So. Your answers are Columbia, Challenger, Discovery, Endeavour, and you're on the right track, Jeff, with another maritime thing, but you had to go underwater and a little fictional. You got Atlantis was the fifth one. And your bonus that nobody took a stab at for the the, the prototype that never saw space-time was Enterprise.
4: Oh, oh, I always thought that was fictional. Okay, that makes sense. So if you get three of them, you get the full 10, and then (laughs) you
7: had to get all of them. Both teams are getting 10 points. 10 points.
2: All right, question number two. Category is the world's sports ball. Soccer, or football for our international listeners, culminates every four years with the FIFA World Cup. Since 1991, when the Women's World Cup was first held, both men and women are able to compete in their respective tournaments at the highest level. While some nations excel at one or the other tournament, only one nation has succeeded in winning at least one men's and women's FIFA World Cup. Tell me which nation that is for your 10 points.
1: So what do you want to do? Brazil, England, U.S.?
2: Yeah, I I, I kind of like Brazil.
1: Okay, uh, let's do what Brazil. We,
4: I think uh, Jen and I have talked it over and Brazil seems like our logical answer. So that's what we're going to go with. Yeah, I had a bunch of ideas.
5: Uh, Germany is usually really good. Um, I was thinking about Japan, France, um, and Brazil. Uh, But we ended up going with France.
2: Yeah. So Brazil would be a good guess. They haven't got it done on the women's side. They hold the record on the men's side. They've only been to one women's final and lost. Um, The answer we were looking for was, Neil mentioned it, it is Germany.
5: Mm. Should have gone with my gut.
2: The men's... They won back in 2014 under unified Germany and they won as West Germany a couple of times before that. And then the women won back to back in 03, 07. Uh, Question number three category is the innocent can never last. With data collection beginning in 1851, what month of the year has seen the most named tropical storms and hurricanes in the Atlantic basin? Notable storms that have formed in this month over the years include hurricanes Isabel, Ivan, Rita, and most recently in 2017, Irma and Maria. All right, Jen, do you do you know this one just by chance?
1: I don't know anything about whether I live in California. Just kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs>
6: no, we had a month of spring slash winter January. That's about it.
1: Yeah, uh, I, I immediately thought August, but that's literally just a guess. Okay, but maybe July, August.
4: I I thought. And I could be wrong here, but I thought hurricane season kind of ran from like August. And then I remember like 2005 uh, when Katrina hit that um, it like was really long. They, they like ran out of like the 26 named ones and they went to like the Greek letters or whatever. And that ran till like January, I want to say. So I think it's like August through January. And okay. Do you
1: want to do August then?
4: I'm, I think this might be kind of in the middle of that, honestly. Oh, okay. I was I was leaning towards like October or maybe November. Um, especially with like Rita being a later letter, um, cause they, you know, they just do it in, in series. So even if they had like one or two storms a week, I was thinking this might be like October, November, but I, I, it'd be a coin flip.
1: Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Like I said, August was literally just a guess. Um, let's do October then.
4: Okay. We'll do October. I feel, I feel pretty confident we're right there. Uh,
7: either okay. way. uh we thought it was towards the beginning of the year. So we said April.
2: All right, we got guesses for October and April. Um, so, Jeff, your logic was spot on, but your window needed to slide just a hair. A September? The, the season runs June 1st to November 30th, oh, okay. and in the middle of that, we've got September. Got it. Mm-hmm. Wow. Got it.
1: We were close, close. Yeah, we are in there.
2: you had a hunch there. You're still a little bit off, but you had a
7: hunch. I was close. That makes me feel good.
6: And if you want to save money on your trip to the Caribbean, that's a good time to go. You <laughs> Everything's open. Just make sure
2: you get the insurance. <laughs> yeah, I don't think anybody picked up on the clue in the title there. The innocent can never last. Wake me up when September ends. Oh, <laughs> oh okay. Okay, this is how this game's gonna go. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Question number four. Similar title. Want to know how I got these scars? Sharing its name with a well-known member of Gryffindor. What is the name of the brightest star in the night sky, which can be found in the constellation Canis Major?
1: How are you on Harry Potter knowledge, Jeff? I feel
2: like I know some characters.
1: I know Sirius is a star, oh, but I don't yeah. think that he was a Gryffindor. Sirius was Black? He? I think he was.
4: Yeah. I think him and him and James were in Gryffindor piling around together. I think Sirius is the right answer. Okay. Yeah, I think you're right. Too much
7: of a coincidence not to be the correct answer. We also <laughs> That's said what I'm feeling, yeah. Sirius. And also, why so serious? I got, I got you. I got you. There
2: you go. Oh, Ken, the scars. Okay. Ken got the clue. Yep, it is serious. Good job, guys.
5: We actually have to listen to the to the categories now because <laughs> sometimes you don't have to. But uh, yeah, and good thing for serious, and, too. And
6: extra six seconds of listening. I apologize for that. <laughs> At
4: least he started a, a radio station, too. Good for him. Oh, I was going to say thank you for giving us the best Bulls intro of all time.
2: Yeah. All right. Uh, question number five. Ten points from Gryffindor for improper attire. When airing its finale in 2008, MTV's Total Request Live created the top ten most iconic music videos of its run. The video for what song, released in 1998, topped their list. All right,
5: we have uh, an inkling uh, off of the clue here, and we're going to lock in. What are you thinking, Jen? All right.
1: When I think of like inappropriate attire, I was thinking of Christina Aguilera or Ex Tina. So maybe it's dirty. Is that would that have happened in '98?
4: Could have. Yeah. I mean, that would have been very early for her, but
1: dirty. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, uh, is there anybody else you can think of? Maybe Lil Kim. I don't know. I don't think she topped the charts though.
4: I don't think so either. She definitely had some uh, some attire choice attire. Yeah. Um,
1: <laughs> yeah. Britney Spears, maybe "I'm a Slave for You."
4: Okay. I thought that was 2000, but I think "Baby, Baby, One More Time" might have been 98, and that was a very famous.
1: Ooh, yeah, and she was wearing like kind of a scandalous little schoolgirl situation.
4: I could see that. TRL so would you go want- nuts for that kind of a thing.
1: Do you want to go with Britney? Sure,
4: schoolgirl attire, right? Gryffindor. I could, I could Ooh. see this. Yeah.
1: Okay, yeah, let's do that
5: yep uh we went back to the uh the mind palace to go to jeff's memories of watching uh britney spears in the schoolgirl outfit uh and we said hit me baby one more time britney spears
2: all right yep you guys uh what is it give it a rest uh walks back to it just in the nick of time christina aguilera's dirty did make the list but it's number five the ones we were looking for was baby one more time by britney spears
1: sweet
2: it's a very impressionable video as a teenage male <laughs> i bet yes, <laughs> being 13 in
6: 1998 was a wonderful what a t- what a time, <laughs> time. Well, i remember when
5: that video came out and then when she did the rolling stone cover everyone went nuts too uh, i missed it the first time getting my yeah Testino
6: pizza there's a
1: teletubby i think featured on that cover too <laughs> i
6: think you're right <laughs> all right so after the first five questions give it a rest 30 points and the right to remain violent also 30 points close game
2: all right good work guys um with that score update we'll go ahead and just jump into the second half of round one question number six category of classic literature in homer's the odyssey odysseus and his men were captured by a cyclops while conversing with the giant odysseus gave a false name to his captor later on after he escaped the freshly blinded cyclops was unable to summon help from his friendly neighborhood cyclopses due to this trickery what was this false name which aided Odysseus in his escape?
4: Alright, we're gonna lock in with uh smart guess here. Do you know uh do you know this answer from the smart angle, Jen?
1: No, but I do see friendly neighborhood cyclops in the question. So maybe it has to do with Spider-Man? Like,
4: I was I was wondering the same thing. Um, so like
1: Peter Parker? I don't
4: I don't feel like that would fit in there. <laughs> I, I I thought about that myself, but um, and then I was thinking about like maybe Miles Miles Morales. He's you know in the in the um, the animated Spider Man, which is
1: yeah. very very good. I, I saw the first Odysseus, one. I didn't see the newest Odysseus
7: one. Odysseus gives his name as Miles
4: Morales. That's right.
1: Uh, <laughs> or what is it? What is the name of the newspaper? Or there is kind of like no, that's not a Cyclops guy. That's like a octopus guy. Yeah, um,
4: Doc Ock. Otto Octavius. Mm-hmm. I could see Octavius being. Although that that one. Strikes more as like a Latin type name than a Greek one to me. Um, thinking kind of from the friendly neighborhood angle, we th- we think there's some kind of Spider-Man clue here that we're missing, maybe, and um, gives a false name. We're just gonna say uh, Miles for Miles Morales is the name he gives. Okay.
5: Yeah, this one, um, for some reason, I had sort of a uh, Abner-Costello uh, angle on this for some reason. I thought if they asked the Cyclops who just intruded and he said nobody, and they're like, oh, well, you have no problem then. So that maybe he said his name was nobody to get away. So that's what we said.
2: All right. Yeah, I owe, uh, give it a rest, an apology for the unintentional misdirect. There was no Spider-Man <laughs> clue meant to be in there. Uh, but Dang. Neil, Neil, Neil got this one that is nobody. Uh, oh, wow.
4: I believe I'd heard
2: he's that now that I think about it. Bob
5: Star- starring Bob Odenkirk. Starring
2: Bob Odenkirk. Yeah, he's blinded, stabbed. And uh, when he came out and called for help, they said, who hurt you? He said, nobody. They said, all right, we'll go back to bed, idiot.
6: And the, the listeners at home won't have to hear 20 minutes of, who's that Spider-Man guy? So we can <laughs> <out of story. laughs> Yeah, he just but it just
2: <laughs> All right. Question number seven uh, category is the GOP. Though the U.S. Republican Party tends to have a disfavorable disposition towards the LGBTQ plus community, which is usually reciprocated, they have at least acknowledged the existence of the community's annual celebration of Pride in the month of June. Who was the first sitting U- uh, Republican U.S. President to recognize Pride?
1: This sounds like a Jeff question for sure, right? Ooh,
4: okay. Uh,
2: well, uh,
4: so thinking about it, um, my first thought honestly was Ronald Reagan. Um, he seems like he wouldn't be the the type, but I'm thinking in the 80s, it's it's possible. After that, you're basically looking at Bush, um, either you know senior or junior, and honestly, I could see I could see um, like the early 2000s George Bush recognizing Pride, um, you know, despite. Um, his affiliations with the party. So I mean, do either of those kind of feel more right to you, either Reagan or Bush?
1: Well, my first thought was Reagan. Okay. So
4: well, why don't we go out. with Reagan? I mean, I, I I don't think any of them is as unreasonable, a guess, as any other.
1: Okay. At least we'll learn something.
7: <laughs> so we can't really picture too many of these presidents uh, supporting pride. I re- do remember uh, Trump trying to score some political points uh, with that community. Um, not that his policies were... Um, Supportive. Very supportive, in my opinion. But uh, uh, we went with Trump, actually.
2: All right, we got guesses for Reagan and Trump. Yeah, the uh, the religious right kind of really locked their claws into the GOP about mid to late '80s, so that discounted uh, Reagan's or even GW or uh, HW's chances of it. Um, a lot of people kind of forget that the Supreme Court didn't validate the or legally. Legalized the gay ma- uh, legalized gay marriage until to what 2015, 2016? So you're talking second term of Obama. So it is Donald Trump is your answer. Oh wow, wow. In the very okay. classy forum of a tweet. <laughs> All the way in two thousand nineteen. We call them X's now. X posts. <laughs> X's, yeah. <laughs> um, category number eight. Or not category number eight question, number eight category is mining. When adding up the value of all non-fuel metallic and industrial minerals, Arizona accounted for the most valuable mining industry in the U.S. in 2022, largely due to its prolific production of what elemental metal, contributing roughly 70% of total domestic production? A couple of clues to try to get you a little bit of direction. Um, this element shares its number on the periodic table with the following. The NFL, Eric, NFL's Eric Dickerson jersey number, the two-digit year of the 20th century that saw the first Academy Awards, and the title of Demi Lovato's first song release in 2022.
4: Most valuable mining industry. So I'm trying to think of maybe something that would be valuable. Um, lithium for batteries is valuable, but lithium is a very low number on the periodic table, so I don't think that's right. can't imagine Demi Lovato released a song called Three. Um, what about
1: titanium? is that a, could that be a that's
4: song? that's in the 20s yeah i mean sia did titanium too right but it's yeah the number is the oh yeah, yeah yeah never mind i can see that i think titanium is a reasonable guess we're in that like 20s to 30s range so let's go with titanium
2: it's a good guess okay. uh we just said silver perhaps all right so silver and titanium you guys are zeroing in on the numbers um danced around it a little bit the number or the the number was 29 of course yeah, I think Jen did say that out loud at one point during is discussions. That nickel? But, uh, I don't have the periodic table in no. front of me. I don't know where that follows. But the one we're looking for is copper. 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 All right. Uh, let's go ahead and go on to question number nine. Uh, category is notable Oscars. To date, twelve songs have won the Oscar for Best Original Song that were written for animated films. Of those twelve, only one was not for a Disney or Pixar production. What film was this song written for? Much to Aerosmith's dismay, when they fir- their first and only Billboard number one hit lost.
4: Yeah, so looking at the time frame, I can't think of anything other than Anastasia that would maybe line up. And and Jen, you said you know one of the songs from that.
1: I think it's called Journey to the Past. So
4: I think that's what we're going to go ahead and lock in with. Or something.
7: Anastasia. Like that. Yeah, we said the same thing.
2: Well, I am definitely on board the Anastasia fan club. I had the uh, the soundtrack uh cd and had that on repeat for a very long time but um <laughs> unfortunately that was 97 you guys are right with the year uh. 98 um you did say the studio dreamworks but it's the relatively forgotten film prince of egypt
1: oh, oh crap! we forgot uh,
7: mariah carey and whitney
1: houston and whitney houston yeah when Shoot. song was
2: when
7: you believe don't forget the best song there can off be of, miracles don't for, don't forget the best song off of anastasia romanov rap that's that's the one yeah <laughs>
2: Alright, category is Lingering European Colonialism Two cities Located on the northern coast of Africa Are still owned and operate as autonomous Regions for what European nation Resulting in the only land borders Between a European and an African nation Citizens of these cities are Self-governing, though they have been Members of the European Union since 1986 When their parent nation joined
7: So uh, During the whole uh, African colonialism period, uh, I believe the northern coast was largely dominated by France. I was thinking that you know? too, like Cote d'Ivoire. Yeah. So yeah. do you want to say France? I, I like that answer.
1: What are we going with, Jeff?
4: So I know um, the UK has Gibraltar um, and I think there's a couple others there, but I, I think that Spain uh, had a couple lingering ones in Morocco um in that kind of area um so I I think we're just gonna guess Spain
2: Spain and Morocco solid guesses or sorry yeah sorry not Morocco (laughs) Spain and France solid guesses for Northern African colonialism um Jeff you're right on the money it is Spain Nice job. I got a little France had a a little little scared the way you're saying that (laughs) (laughs) keep you on your toes yeah, the cities of Ceuta and Malia are both enclaves inside Morocco on the coast, right across the, the straits.
4: Yeah, I th- I'm pretty sure I looked them up on Google Earth once, and you can see, like, the walls from space.
2: Yeah. All
6: right, so after the first round, uh, Neil and Ken, the right to remain violent, have the right to remain in first place. They have 50 points. Uh, give it a rest, just 10 points behind with 40. Let's head over to the swing round.
2: All right, your swing round is just going to be a list of 10 things. You're going to name the 10 things I ask for in the category of Jeff's favorite bulge.
4: It's the equatorial.
2: The equator <laughs> passes through the land of 11 different nations on its trip around the middle of the planet, excluding the tiny African island nation of Tome and Principe. What are the 10 other nations that the equator passes through the land of? As an anecdote, this does not include solely passing through territorial waters, which makes the United States, the Maldives, and Kiribati incorrect.
7: And uh, we'll be right back after this break, though me and Neil are quite frightened.
3: So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And we are back with
7: our answers. But first, Neil, what are you selling this week? Uh, well, what are you shilling? <laughs> what are you shilling this week?
5: As always, we are uh, we are shilling Patreon. So both of our our guests today are Patreon supporters. So if you'd like to. Join them over at patreoncom podcast. You get uh, access to a host of perks like bonus audio episodes, our newest episodes ad-free, as well as many other perks. Uh, but mostly, just to support our show and help us uh, move along and continue to grow. So,
7: I wish that. I wasn't on the show so I could give to Patreon.
5: Yeah, I think I think you would give to Patreon. I think Jeff would write a strongly worded email about the content of the show, and uh, Matt would just uh, put poo on her doorstep. It's it's no, not. a I would.
6: I would sign up and then forget to change my card when my card expires.
5: <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, but if you'd like to join uh, Jen and Sean uh, at Patreon, you can go to patreon.com slash trivialitypodcast. And if you have a little bit of extra money, uh, I'd really appreciate a pre-order of my new book coming out October 10th.
4: Yeah, see, this is the important thing this to show. Really. Deal. <laughs> well, yes. Buy my book.
5: Yes, buy, I, I appreciate it. Yes, if you pre-ordered the book, uh, it's all about uh, TV shows uh, across history Um, There's over 35 TV shows, uh, and I have a ton of trivia in there, Easter eggs, behind-the-scenes info. It's called Behind the Screens, Illustrated Floor Plans and Scenes from the Best TV Shows of All Time. And Jeff will put a link in the show notes.
7: Now that the shilling is uh, done, let's uh, go ahead and get the swing-around question one more time, and we'll give our list.
2: Your swing-around question in the category of Jeff's favorite bulge was, of course, about the equator. The equator passes through the land of 11 different nations on its trip around the middle of the planet excluding the tiny African island nation of Saltome and Principe, what are the other 10 nations the equator passes through? This does not include solely passing through territorial waters, which makes the United States, Maldives, and Kiribati incorrect.
7: And of course, I wasn't even going to say Saltome and
4: Principe. I know. Obviously.
2: (laughs) Uh, You were all over the territorial waters.
7: What we did say is Brazil, Indonesia, Thailand, India, Congo, Argentina, Ethiopia, Kenya, Philippines, and Chile. Jeff, shut up. I know.
4: Oh, you're good I I Jen let me run with this one and um, I looked it up after the fact because I thought I, I think I did pretty well and then I was devastated to learn um, some bad news but we said um, Ecuador because Equator um, Brazil Peru Colombia Equatorial Guinea Congo Democratic Republic of Congo Somalia Kenya and Uganda
2: all right I'm gonna give you your guys list of 10 correct you'll score them just go ahead and give uh Matt, the scores, how many you get right. But your list is starting in Africa, Gabon, Republic of Congo, the Democratic Republic of Congo, Uganda, Kenya, Somalia. Then we jump across the Indian Ocean and go to Indonesia. Then we jump across the Pacific Ocean and go to Ecuador, Colombia, and finally Brazil.
6: All right, it looks like the right to remain violent, uh, adding 20 points to bring their score to 70. And give it a rest, adding 40 points, doing very well in that round, uh, bringing their score to 80. So taking the lead.
2: All right. Good work, guys, on that swing round. Um, good news for everybody that's not named Jeff as I'm moving away from geography for the most part of the rest of the game. All right. So <laughs> let's go ahead and jump into round two, question number one. You know, I'm something of a supervillain myself. What supervillain who first made his appearance in The Amazing Spider Man number 14 in 1964 can be described as having superhuman strength, stamina, durability, agility, reflexes, regeneration, genius level intelligence, and is a master of martial arts? This villain also made his debut in the Marvel Cinematic Universe in 2021, though he still has yet to find employment with Green Gott's Bank.
4: Okay, we're locked in. Does this uh, sound like uh, someone we may have mentioned earlier uh, in the Green Goblin? Because I feel like uh, during that Spider-Man mislead. Yeah, during that Spider-Man mis- mislead earlier, we, we may have talked about uh, Norman Osborn. And-
1: yeah, but he debuted before 2021. He-
4: I think the trick here is he wrote the Marvel Cinematic Universe, of which the original Spider-Man is not a part. Oh, and so yeah. he does the, cameo. I guess it's more more than a cameo, but mostly a cameo. That was like
1: the, the Doctor Strange one, right? Yeah. Where they're all like locked up. Yeah,
4: the, the um, Spider-Man 3 or whatever.
1: Yeah, unless there's something no called Troll. Oh, no, Goblins work at Green Goblin. Yeah, I think, okay. I think, yeah I'm think I cool with that. Okay,
7: cool. We're going to go and lock in Green Goblin. You're the one who's out, Gobby. Out of your mind. So we're going to say Green Goblin.
2: You guys picked up on those for sure. That is the Green Goblin. And yeah, like you said, Jeff, the trick is uh, all the original Spider-Man trilogies were not considered MCU until Spider-Man No Way Home in 2021. All right, Uh, question number two, category is melts in your mouth. M&M's candy have had a dynamic history of colors and varieties as the flagship product of the Mars Company's food offerings. In 1995, they launched a public campaign to replace their tan-colored M&M, where people could call 1-800-FUN-COLOR to cast their vote. Of the three colors that were offered as options, which one of them was the winning replacement color, garnering 54% of the votes? And I'll offer a five-point bonus if you could tell me the other two colors that were offered but lost the election, so to speak.
7: Uh, we are definitely locked in on the main answer, and we have a couple guesses for the other uh colors that america passed on
4: so i remember being around in 95 mm-hmm. vaguely um my inkling is was this blue does that sound right
1: doesn't blue already exist
4: i i've kind of thought it came about when i was a kid or green one of those two it was definitely a color i liked
1: okay um i wrote down purple but okay i don't know I've, do they have <laughs> well, a purple they, one currently the- they don't okay is this something that is current is that in the question i guess you're totally the maniac
7: who rips his m&ms in half why don't you why don't you tell her what what I colors s- there are
4: i smash them in half thank you i don't rip them in half um you go i did not what? murder him For my robot was that on the
7: main episode or a bonus i can't remember that was a main episode i think when yeah. i was like sitting here you ripping, painted ripping painted your m&ms, M&Ms apart
1: <laughs> well then blue i think does exist yeah
4: they do exist. Uh, they do exist. <laughs> um, and when you say melts in your mouth and not in your hands, they definitely will melt in your hands. Um, at least the shells do for me.
1: Um, the sexy green M&M, that one's always been around, right?
4: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Vanessa <laughs> Williams? They go way back. Um, kind of the green M&M. But, um, and we just had a green goblin question, so I can't imagine it's green. Um
1: well, we can do blue but what, what do you want to just take a stab at the other colors that were available too? just
4: yeah i think purple is a, i think purple might have been in the running and then what about pink purple and pink actually i think those are both
1: good options okay
4: so
7: so we'll
1: say blue for the answer and then the other two would be purple and pink i feel pretty good about that yeah okay
7: Uh, We said blue for the main answer, and uh, shout out to Becca, who I lost $10 to because she could taste the blue M&Ms, and I said it's not possible, but she could. And uh, we said pink and white for our other guesses.
2: All right. You guys both nailed the correct answer of blue. It destroyed the other two colors, getting 54% of the vote. Uh, The other two were pink and purple. Yay! We got
1: it! Give it a
2: rest. Gets the five-point bonus as well.
7: Just right at the end there, we, we decided not purple. Yeah.
2: So it's you know bad.
5: somebody who can taste blue M&Ms? Yeah. Are they a member of Eiffel 95? No.
4: Okay. <laughs> Isn't it 65? <laughs> Whatever. I don't know. <laughs> well, I, it's because <laughs> of the question. I forgot what year the, the song came out. Well,
5: they were the a different version of the band from 1995 because of the M&M campaign. Eiffel 95.
2: All right. Let's go ahead and jump into question number three. Category is corny baseball. One of Major League Baseball's all-time greats has a number of credits to his name, including the highest vote earner in the first Hall of Fame induction and still holding the record for highest career batting average. However, he was never able to claim a World Series title. The franchise he played for later used their predatory instincts after his retirement to win four World Series titles without him, with the first in 1935 and the most recent in 1984. What franchise is this?
4: I was thinking this was... Um Either like Ty Cobb or Cy Young.
1: I wrote down Sid, but I think I was thinking of Cy (laughs) Young.
4: But I don't know. uh, The Yankees, I mean, they're perennial winners. They've won like 27, 8, 9 times, whatever like that. Um, Predatory instincts, predatory instincts. I'm thinking it's a team that would have like a predator animal as their. Orioles. Yes, the Orioles. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to have to ask you to take a seat over here, Jeff. Um, oh, this is the Chris Hansons. Um, honing in on the predatory instincts, um, you know, I, I think we're looking at a certain direction, right? Um, we know it's not the Cubs because um, they won more recently. Um, you know, the Yankees, Mets, uh, Giants, all that stuff that's kind of ruled out. Um, But we like Pirates, you think, um, for Pittsburgh. Um, I don't remember them winning any time recently. So I think we're going to go with the Pittsburgh Pirates.
7: All right. Uh, When I think of Predators, I think of Tigers. And uh, it was a corny baseball question. So he said Ty Cobb was probably the person that he was talking about.
2: Yep. Jeff, you were on the right track trying to find a Predator, but you had to go more basic. It is the Detroit Tigers. All right. Go ahead and jump into question number four. Category is Enema of the State. In the Pokemon video games and anime, the related characters named Joy could be found in every town visited by Ash and company. Despite looking identical, they claim to all be sisters or cousins of each other. In addition to physical appearance, they also dressed identically due to sharing the same occupation as their relations. What occupation do the Joys work as in the Pokemon world?
4: We're locked in. Yeah, this has nothing to do um, with anything, but I know,
2: uh, we're locked in.
1: I know too. <laughs>
4: and so, Jen, <laughs> what a, what is uh, Joy's occupation?
1: She's a nurse. Nurse Joy.
4: Yep. We also
7: said nurse. Uh, also, the cover of Enema of the State has a sexy nurse on it.
2: Yep. In uh, playtesting, I was definitely alerted that this would probably be a give me question for this group, but it is Nurse Joy.
4: They had to change the uh, album cover. Because uh, the Red Cross was upset uh, oh, really? that she was wearing like the Red Cross insignia on the hat. So they
7: put the what Blink 22 Two logo on
5: it? Well, or? The, I
4: think they just removed the yeah. the logo altogether.
5: They didn't care about the outfit she was wearing, but that she had the Red Cross on there.
4: Correct. Yeah, because it was copyright infringement. Hmm.
5: I like the chon. The first round you have the schoolgirl Britney Spears thing, and now you have a a nurse we are really, we're learning you're really a lot digging, about
7: you. digging into my childhood psyche here. <laughs> um, this, is, this is Sean's
5: Freud game here.
4: Not
2: copyright. I think it was a trademark <laughs> infringement issue or something like that. Well, so. let's
7: get the uh, next penis. I mean, question.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Turning into an unintentional stream of conscious game <laughs> or subconscious. All right. Question number five. Your category is my, my, my. In 2003, what glam rock band accidentally set fire to a Rhode Island nightclub with their pyrotechnics? They were well past their prime, however, which could be described as when their highest charting song peaked at number 5 on the Billboard 100 in 1989.
1: I I think I got it, Jeff. Oh, wonderful.
2: We're going to let... Jen's going to go ahead and lock in for us.
7: Uh, So, Neil, I'm pretty sure it's Great White is the band, right? It sounds... Yeah, I remember this story
5: very distinctly. I just couldn't remember... The name, uh, Great White. Yeah, they had that one big hit. Yeah, that makes sense.
7: I can't remember what that hit was. It probably has my, my, my in the lyrics, but uh, we're going to go with Great White. Okay.
1: Yep, same over here. Great White. I remember this.
2: Yep. You guys picked up on that, or remembered it at least. Yeah, the song title was Once Bitten, Twice Shot. Ah, that's right. Yeah, I, I, it is I
1: saw the debrief it on it. It was kind of interesting to see.
2: That great The only one
1: exit <laughs> in the building. Yeah. Not crazy. Great. Not great.
6: <laughs> All right. After five questions in the second round, uh, Neil and Ken, the uh, right to remain violent, just behind uh, up to 120 points. Uh, give it a rest. Jen and Jeff are at 125. So as I say every week now, it's anyone's game.
2: All right. Let's go ahead and jump into question number six. Your category is false advertising. In 2019 donald trump made headlines shocker i know but this time in what was likely an effort to distract from the investigation that led to his first impeachment trump offhandedly mentioned he was in talks to make a huge purchase for the nation he claimed to have been in discussion with the leader of a european kingdom to purchase a territory from them the largest of their three constituent countries what's the name of the territory that he wanted to purchase jen we can
4: lock in
1: okay excellent
7: uh he was Trying to get his uh, hands on Greenland, I believe.
2: That's right.
4: That's right.
7: Yeah. Which we've just been aching to add Mm -hmm. to our territory. Uh, Yeah. We said Greenland.
4: Yeah. Uh, We too said uh, Greenland, which the Kingdom of Denmark was quite surprised to hear.
2: (laughs) Yep. That is spot on. It is Greenland. And you're spot on. They were very surprised to hear. And the Prime Minister remarked, this is an absurd discussion. Greenland is not for sale. Greenland is not Danish. Greenland is Greenlandic. All right. Question number seven, category is that's a big stick. A common trait among most mammal species, sexual dimorphism means males and females of the same species express different physical characteristics such as body size, antlers, and coloration. This differentiation tends to make humans use different terms to describe males and females of the same species. I wanna know what is the word used to describe a male of any species in the order cetacea, which contains all of the whales, dolphins, and porpoises
4: uh jen uh yes. obvious animal fanatic you are um
1: i <laughs> am but i the only thing i thought of i think i think it exists is there bull whale is that like a, a term oh
4: bulls yeah i, I like that like okay. uh, much like we would do that for cows i, th- I right. think i think that tracks so i'm I think but i've never heard a of a bull
1: answer. dolphin but i'm down to go for it
4: I, honestly it's better than anything i was going to come up with so i like it
1: Okay.
7: Uh, just based on uh, Moby Dick, we're going to say Dick.
1: Hey <laughs> now. Right. Right. like the,
7: you know, like the <laughs> name Richard, you know. Yeah.
2: Yep, yep, of course. What else does it mean? Don't come at me right. for not believing our
4: answer. Moby Richard. Got it.
2: <laughs> All right, yep. Um, team Arrest did nail this one. It is bull. You got bulls, cows and calves, whales, although usually don't hear the term very often. I did put a small roundabout clue in there with a big stick. It's also speak softly and carry a big stick. Teddy Roosevelt from Teddy was a bowl moose. Yep. All right. Question number eight category is leaves on the vine. Many people in the entertainment world are known mononymously, i.e. Madonna, Seal, Sting. What was the single name, which was a shortened version of his first name, of the Oscar-nominated Japanese actor who became known later on for his voice acting roles in Samurai Jack and Avatar The Last Airbender? Reluctant. He, he sadly <laughs> passed away after voicing Uncle Iroh for two seasons of Avatar, which inspired a major character of its sequel, The Legend of Korra, to be named after him.
1: I don't think I'm going to get there.
2: I don't think I'm going to be of any help either.
4: Frank um, Oz. Frank Oz. <laughs> uh, we're gonna say the great and powerful Oz. Okay. Yep. Uh, yeah. Uh, this is uh,
5: someone that Ken and I were talking about being in Conan the Barbarian and this movie I used to watch as a kid with James Hong, former guest, called The Perfect Weapon. We went with Mako.
4: Mako.
2: Yep. That is Mako. I have I think, heard that uh, name. If you haven't seen the shows, it's just hard to get to get, get to that. Or yeah. Other movies that Neil was listing. Yeah, you'd recognize, he's a very good
5: character actor. You'd recognize his face.
2: Maybe. He was was nominated in 1966 for Best Supporting Actor in The Sand Pebbles. All right. Uh, Question number nine, category is cuisine. While many versions and iterations exist, the Philadelphia Roll is a staple in any American sushi restaurant. Excluding the rice and the nori, name the three main ingredients used to make a Philly Roll at most restaurants.
1: Okay, Jeff, so I do know it's salmon and cream cheese, but I, I don't know whether it's avocado or cucumber for the other thing.
4: Oh, um, I think it's cucumber, because I, I, I've ordered Philly Rolls before, and I don't remember having to say no avocado, since I'm not a big fan of avocado.
1: Okay, well, do you want to do salmon, cream cheese, mm. and cucumber?
4: Yeah, I like that.
7: Uh, we had the same combo, except we said crab, cream cheese, cucumber instead of the salmon.
2: So, yeah, the three ingredients we're looking for are smoked salmon, which is regular salmon's fine, cream cheese, and cucumber. See, I thought, I was go-
7: I thought the salmon was in the Alaska. Like, it was the same, but the salmon was in the Alaska.
2: It's been a while for me, though. All right. Question number 10, your last question in the second half. Category is your impossible sports question. In the 2000 NHL draft, what team selected Canadian Nolan Schaefer with their fifth round pick, making him the 166th pick overall that year? If you're not one of the handful of people that know that fact outright, looking at the previous answers in round two should help you hunt down the correct answer.
4: So, Jen, i um Nurse sharks, Greenland sharks, bull sharks, tiger sharks. I'm pretty sure these are all a variety of the shark. Um, so, do you want to go with the sharks? Sounds good.
5: Um, excuse me, Jeff. Uh, where are they from? So,
4: San Jose. <laughs> as the
7: uh, as the famous Pat
2: Foley would say, sharks. Yep, you guys were able to clue in on it. We had the Goblin shark for Green Goblin, Blue the Detroit Tigers, Nurse Great White. Greenland, Bull, Mako, or Mako, and Salmon. They are all species of sharks. So the San Jose Sharks, good work.
6: All right. After the second round, heading into the final, uh, Jen and Jeff at Give It a Rest with a very slim lead at 165. uh, The Right to Remain Violent at 150. Uh, So wagers are definitely going to be important going into the final. And also important is for you guys to kind of check us out at SporkleCon. Neil, tell them more about SporkleCon.
5: Thanks, Matt. Yeah, uh, this week is going to be SporkleCon. It's taking place September 8th through 10th in Washington, D.C. As many of you may know, it's the largest trivia and quiz con in the country. But uh, most importantly, it's going to have $20,000 in cash prizes and charitable donations given away over the weekend, including a special appearance by Triviality on Sunday. But if you don't want to come see Triviality, there's going to be 50 events uh, from uh, all different skill levels, both individual and teams. Uh, and if you'd like to come see Triviality, come see some other trivia events, you can go to SporkleCon.com and use our code TRIVIALITY to save $15 off a full
7: weekend pass. And speaking of special appearances, we just had a very special <laughs> appearance on Matt's webcam of his cat and the cat's beehole. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks for that, Matt. Yeah, uh, like cats
4: are supposed to be clean creatures, Matt. Let's 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 take
7: that image and take it right into the final round.
2: Alright, sounds good. Well, if you hadn't guessed, I'm a, a shark aficionado, shark fan. Big uh, Ever since I was, you know, probably three years old, I knew a couple dozen species of sharks. So, with that, I'm going to use that as a jumping off point to make a themed final rounds, your categories for the final round. Question number one, sharks on people. Question number two, sharks on TV. Question number three, sharks on the big screen. Question number four, sharks on a plane. And question number five, sharks in a tornado.
7: All the wagers are locked in and both teams are being aggressive. uh, Unlike the friendly shark, Uh, 30 points all the way down for both teams. So uh, what are the questions?
2: All right, your questions for the final round are question number one, your category was sharks on people. According to the international shark attack file, which contains records of all reported unprovoked shark attacks dating back to the early 1500s, which Persian Gulf nation has reported the most attacks in all of Asia at a whopping 23? This nation of over 86 million people measures up as the 17th largest in the world by area. Question number two, your category was was sharks on TV. The beloved 90s cartoon Street Sharks featured four half-human, half-shark crime fighters, sometimes on rollerblades. The quartet of mutant heroes consisted of Ripster, Jab, Streaks, and a fourth character. This fourth character was named after what famous real-life aquatic mammal who had no love for amusement parks? Question three, your category was Sharks on the Big Screen. The 1975 thriller masterpiece, Jaws, is chock full of trivia nuggets, enough to write several themed games in itself. While drinking with Brody and Hooper aboard the Orca, master shark hunter Quint hauntingly described the sinking of what real-life ship in World War II, which resulted in the largest loss of human life life by sharks in history.
7: I got it, Neil. Don't worry about it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Question number four, your category was Sharks on a Plane. The F-20 Tiger Shark was a light fighter jet that was developed in the 1980s and flew over 1,500 flights before the project was officially canceled in 1986, with only three fighters having been constructed, two of which crashed. The $1.2 billion project was the product of what major defense contractor, which most notably developed and supplied the US Air Force with the B-2 Spirit Stealth Bomber? And finally, question number five category was Sharks in a Tornado. The sci-fi channel sparked a cult phenomenon with its hit film Sharknado, which released in 2013. The Sharknadoverse was expanded with the release of five sequels, one each year through 2018. I'm going to give you a list of five subtitles, and I need you to tell me which one was not a real Sharknado film subtitle. All right, your list of five is Shock and Jaw, Global Swarming, The Fourth Awakens, It's about time? Oh, hell no.
7: All right, we have our questions. We'll be right back and see who will be today's cream of the crop. You can spend less time
6: staying in the know about all things gaming and get more time to actually play the games you love with the IGN Daily Update Podcast.
0: The Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast is your secret weapon for connecting and laughing with kids of all ages. Teens, toddlers, adults, it doesn't matter. Spark their curiosity and challenge their brains with every episode. New episodes drop weekly wherever you get your podcasts. Search for the Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast and turn those car rides into epic adventures.
7: All the answers are now locked in. So let's have the questions one more time. See who will Take the cake today.
2: All right. Your questions one more time were sharks on people. According to the international shark attack file, which contains records of all reported unprovoked shark attacks dating back to the early 1500s, which Persian Gulf nation has reported the most attacks in all of Asia at a whopping 23? This nation of over 86 million people measures up as the 17th largest nation in the world by area.
7: Uh, Just playing it safe and saying Iran.
1: Yeah. For this one, we said Iran.
2: You guys are both correct on that one. It is Iran. You had Saudi Arabia as a slight decoy, but they don't have, they made it have roughly half the population, and I think are a little bit bigger. All right. Your question number two was Sharks on TV. The beloved 90s cartoon Street Sharks be- featured four half human, half shark crime fighters, sometimes on rollerblades. The quartet of mutant heroes consisted of Ripster, Jab, Streaks, and a fourth character. This fourth character was named after what famous real life aquatic mammal? Who had no love for amusement parks?
7: Yep, yeah, we went with Big Slamu. Also,
5: <laughs>
2: Hollywood, we're waiting.
7: Come on, let's 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 make it happen.
1: Yeah, I recall Shamu from uh SeaWorld and Jeff was able to get the Great Slamu.
2: Yep, you guys even got the character name. I was just looking for Shamu to get you to Big Slamu, but thinking <laughs> Big Slamu might be a little tough grab, but you guys nailed it.
6: Not for yeah. these nerds. Yeah, look who you're talking <laughs> <to>. <laughs> Yeah.
2: The play testers and your guys' uh, interests do not overlap very directly. These either. questions are
7: jaw by the way. <laughs>
2: Jaw-some. <laughs> right, question number three. Sharks on the big screen. The 1975 thriller masterpiece, Jaws, is chock full of trivia nuggets, enough to write several theme games in itself. While drinking with Brody and Hooper aboard the Orca, Master shark hunter Quint Hauntingly, Quint haunting describes the sinking of what real life ship in World War II, which resulted in the largest loss of human life by sharks in history?
7: Uh, not a very good movie, but uh, Neil,
2: you can, <laughs> you can take it.
5: Uh, yeah, so for anyone who likes this, this movie, I guess unlike Ken, um, Broadway has a new play called The Shark is Broken about uh, the time when the shark wasn't working on the set of Jaws, and it's written by Robert Shaw's son, the guy who played Quint's son, Uh, But uh, that would be the big speech he talked about uh, regarding the USS Indianapolis.
1: Yep, we said the same. The Indianapolis.
2: You guys guys nailed it. It was the sinking of the USS Indianapolis. In real life, I think Quint said that a couple hundred people, or almost all of them, were killed by sharks. In real life, they estimated between 12 and 150 were actually directly killed by sharks, but still the largest by far. All right, question number four, your category was sharks on a plane. The F-20 Tiger Shark was a light fighter jet that was developed in the 1980s and flew over 1,500 flights before the project was officially canceled in 1986, with only three fighters having been constructed, two of which crashed. The $1.2 billion project was the product of what major defense contractor, which most notably developed and supplied the US Air Force with the B-2 Spirit stealth bomber?
4: Yeah, we, um, and so for this one, we were thinking this was Northrop Grumman. So uh,
2: we just stuck
4: with uh, Lockheed Martin.
2: Yeah, those are the two big players in the defense contracting world, and it was Northrop. I've Ooh. never heard of that company. Same. Technically, it was Northrop before they merged with Grumman, but oh, still, no okay. points. Good no enough. points. <laughs>
4: Technically, it's the same company that gave us that. They
2: merged with Grumman,
7: though. No Grumman. No Grumman? <laughs>
2: <laughs> no grumman <drumming. laughs> i thought they merged no Gould.
4: Mef- they, they emerged before the, the
2: it's fine jeff you,
4: you get your points <clears throat> take your points Just messing with you
2: <laughs> <laughs> all right and your final question sharks in a tornado the, sh- the sci-fi channel sparked a cult phenomenon with its hit film sharknado which released in 2013. the sharknado verse was expanded with the release of five sequels one each year through 2018. I'm going to give you five subtitles, and I need you to tell me which one was not a real Sharknado film subtitle. Your list was Shock and Jaw, Global Swarming, The Fourth Awakens, It's About Time, Oh Hell No. Uh,
7: We decided it's got to be Shock and Jaw is the fake one.
1: Yeah, we went with The Fourth Awakens, just because it might be too similar to Star Wars franchise. They might not want to do that. I don't know. I haven't seen any of them.
7: They might especially want to do that. We don't know,
2: though. Let's they, wanted see.
1: To po- they wanted to poke him. Okay.
2: I actually have never seen a uh, Sharknado film myself either, but The Fourth Awakens is correct. Or hey, sorry, not correct. It's <laughs> not correct. Let me do that one again. <laughs> yeah, so The Fourth Awakens was actually released on May, f- f- May the 4th, uh, Star Wars Day. So that was a real title. The correct answer which was the fake title is shock and jaw
6: oh all right after that final round where both teams did exceedingly well uh looks like the team that was leading uh going in is probably gonna come away with this win i don't know what i'm doing here today but neil and ken at the right to remain violent coming in with 240 points but today's cream of the crop is jen and jeff give it a rest give them the victory they're the cream of the crop
3: outside interference here in my moment of glory. Now I'm living in a nightmare, and I am the cream.
1: Oh, yeah.
7: Neil, time to call our lawyers, I think.
5: I think so. We're under arrest. We are. And <laughs> hopefully Jen can uh, stick some evidence uh, where we need it to help us out. Probably not, though. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Okay, Jen will read us the Miranda rights as we get off the air. But before we do that, we have to say goodbye to everyone. So let's start with Sean. What a wonderful game you wrote and put together for us today. I had a great shark theme for the second half, which was a a ton of fun. Um, Thank you for all of your hard work on this game. Any last uh, shout outs before we let you go today?
2: Um, Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. It was a ton of fun to write the game. It was a ton of fun to be on here. You guys make everything uh, very low key, just like we're hanging out for an hour or so to record here. Um, Give a couple of shout-outs to all the playtesters on Discord, um, Eli and their partner, Johnson and Casey, and, of course, uh, playtester pro, Louie. And um, my uh, trivia teams back home, or here at home, are um, my OG team, Emma's and Mancy, and, uh, of course, our new team with uh, Matt and Jane, Pikachu-pacabras. And then, of course, most importantly, give a shout-out to uh, my amazing wife, Miranda, Um, not only watching our crazy dog during the the recording to make sure he's... uh, Quiet and entertained, but um, mostly for just always encouraging and supporting me to be the best version of myself, so yeah. I hope everybody can get a, a Miranda in their corner like I
6: have. Yeah, you would lose your Miranda rights if you didn't say that. Hey. <laughs> That's exactly right. I was right. going to say that
4: everybody needs to get Mirandized. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank <Cynthia> you, Nixon. <laughs>
5: yes. Well, thank you so much, Sean, uh, for that, and uh, Jen, thank you again. Uh, so great to see you uh, once again here on the show, and glad that you got a victory today. Any last uh, shout-outs? And also, if you had to go into an interrogation room, uh, which one of us would you choose to be good cop or bad cop with
1: oh okay um yeah thanks for having me on again guys glad we got the win glad i picked jeff because there was a lot of geography up in that one um yeah i just want to thank my husband for lending me the office and um yeah my shout out to my kid sister in the coast guard uh as a for good cop bad cop let me think here hmm.
4: I just love I don't when know. Neil puts people on the spot, sits back <laughs> in the like an idiot. <laughs> I
7: think we I, all know. I, I,
1: think, I think I'm going to go Ken for bad cop. Good choice. <laughs> and uh, Neil for good cop.
7: Excellent. That's that's a perfect choice, I think. Yeah, I think so, too. <laughs> and, and, and Jeff and Matt for medium cops. Yep.
1: <laughs> yes. They can see ghosts.
7: Jeff would be the CS. The, the, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jeff
5: would be doing the CSI stuff and and everything, cracking jokes. Uh, But, Ken, uh, speaking of uh, good cops, bad cops, uh, one thing that we have that are great are all the uh, shows that we share a network with over at Airwave Media.
7: Yep, that's right. Airwave Media is our network. You can find them at airwavemedia.com, as you'd expect. All right. Well, thank you very much once again to everyone. Thank
5: you to Sean and Jen for joining us, Ken, Jeff, and Matt for being here, as always. And my name is Neil, and that was Triviality.